So welcome to episode 151 of the Fertility Podcast. I know I sound weird and I apologize. I've basically come back from holiday, come away for Jewish New Year and haven't recorded the intro to this podcast episode. So I'm doing it on my phone. So I'm going to be brief and tell you a couple of things. It is PCOS Awareness Month. As you'll know from a previous episode, I shared a PCOS bundle from my experts. Tuesday the 11th of September, I'm doing a live stream with fertility nurse practitioner Kate Davis on the Fertility Podcast and Ultimate Fertility Guide Facebook pages at 7.30 Greenwich Mean Time, so UK time, where you can ask Kate questions. Anything about PCOS, we'll be talking for half an hour. Don't miss that. Okay, the ultimatefertilityguide.com is a place where you get the opportunity to find out all different details about different fertility services available for you, accompanied by live stream chats that I do for you on Facebook. Uh, This episode is coming to you at the start of World Childless Week and I spoke to Steph Phillips, the founder of it, a couple of episodes ago and I've got three different episodes to share with you. Two ladies who have written books about their experiences living life childless not by choice and a third episode with an amazing bereavement counsellor who helps people dealing with being childless and they're going to be coming over the next couple of weeks. First up, we're going to be hearing from Yvonne John and this is a fascinating chat I had with her. So I'm now going to welcome Yvonne John, author of Dreaming of a Life Unlived. And I met Yvonne at Fertility Fest, and you'll have heard me mention, if you haven't listened to any of the content from Fertility Fest, you really don't have any excuse because I've shared all of it on my feed. I'll be putting the link to Yvonne's uh, talk. Um, She was involved in a kind of discussion at Fertility Fest, which took place in London in May 2018. Well, I wanted to talk to her more about a book. So, Yvonne, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Natalie. So, I've banished Yvonne from using her fan, both electric and <laughs> handheld. We're still going through a heatwave in the UK and we've already had our weather chat, so I, I won't bore you with that now. But, Yvonne, if you need to have a sip of water, if you need to fan, I'll let you. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, let's just start first up talking about your book. Yvonne also works as a facilitator of the Gateway Women of Colour Reignite Weekend, and Gateway Women is something that features prominently in Yvonne's book so we're going to be explaining more about it but let's just start with with you Yvonne because you quite quickly kind of jump into your your journey obviously the book starts with you. I think my journey actually started in October 2014 and it was when I was sitting in front of my fertility consultant and he told me I had I had unexplained infertility and then my whole world just changed from there and all my memories all the things I've done in my past all the shameful things that I thought yeah I've hidden away they're in my bottom drawer no one will ever know about it all just came flooding back and it really contributed to propelling me into this crazy world of um, grief so what had happened prior to that I was very ambivalent about being a mother so I always I grew up I'm black British from a Caribbean family and you hear we hear constantly throughout our lives wait till you get married you will get married you will have kids so I knew it was supposed to happen Mm. but I didn't necessarily buy into the fact that it would happen for me I had some really crappy relationship in my 20s I had some nice relationship in my 20s but I spent a lot of time bouncing between yeah I like this one so I'll have a baby with him no I don't like this one so I don't want to have a baby with him so I was constantly back and forth with do I want to be a mum do I do I not but at the heart of it all is I actually didn't truly know if I wanted to be one in your 20s yeah, in your 20s. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I thought about this more and more having 
been in this world more doing this podcast and I wasn't thinking about it in my 20s I kind of had an idea that I wanted to have kids by the time I was 30 I thought that was kind of mm. the benchmark but I was mm. you know head down working and well, living life and you naive, see we're brought we we're kind of told I mean I know for my own journey and I've heard a lot of p- women have similar stories is that we're told we need to get educated. So, you know, we spend our teen years being told to do really well at school so that we can go yeah. to university. Then we get to university and we're told, you know, I said was told you didn't go there for boys. So you've got to knuckle down and, and get your degree. And then when you get it, you're told you've got to get a good job. Because, that, you know, and everything has to happen in this order. So you get a job and, you know, you start working, you, you're enjoying your life. And then you're told somewhere along the line, now you need to get married and have a family. You're like, hang on a minute, <laughs> where did that come from? But yeah. there's nothing along those lines of how you do it, what do you want, what you're looking for, and you know, and, and planning and all that. So I do remember being very conscious of it because I used to hear a lot, a lot of that from my parents. And getting to my 30s, I was in a place where I thought, maybe I should start thinking about this because I'm in my 30s. And people go, your biological clock is ticking away. You don't want to have Down syndrome babies. And that's about all I heard and all I realised and all I knew. So I didn't kind of think past past any of that. And because of the relationships I had in my 20s and the bad experiences, I wasn't really that fussed and wasn't in a hurry to really get married and settle down. And I didn't really know what I was looking for. You touched on faith a little bit. You talked about the church. Um, and I'm just interested how prominent your faith was during all of this so in my 30s no actually in my late 20s to my late-ish 30s I was in a charismatic church and I went there because um, somebody I knew had died and I was looking for meaning and purpose and all of that Mm. so while I was there I was kind of grown in my faith um, very active member of the church Again, being in church, it is about no sex before marriage and and getting married and having children. So, but I I again didn't know what I wanted. I always believed God would when it was right, God would bring the right person to my life. I actually didn't think there'd be any problems with having a baby because when you believe in God, when you pray, when you do the right things, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I didn't think past past that because it was yeah. gonna happen. I didn't consider how it would happen who it was with because you didn't have to god will make a way and one of the things that i found with because i wasn't going through the childless um thing while i was at church this was this all happened afterwards but during that time other things you know that that kind of impacted on what i believed on and how i i kind of lent towards god were around you know different things in my life so I always felt that and and a lot of you know the environment teaches you that is that if I prayed about it if I had enough faith if I really trusted God it will happen whatever it is it will happen because God will Mm. always make a way and and you know there are many scriptures that will support that so when I came out of the church environment I had met my husband we got married I got married at 39 and a 40 we decided to try for a baby and for three years we actively tried and nothing happened and I could not understand what was going on because you know I felt like I really believe and I'm doing the right thing because I got married first Mm. and it should have happened and 
what really hurt through all of that was the fact that when in my 20s I had two terminations and I wasn't in a relationship and it was something I didn't want and when you're in that situation where it happens quite easily and it's not what you want and then you're in a place where somebody finally loves me and wants this with me I couldn't understand why it wasn't happening I couldn't understand why God would let me go through this <laughs> why you know why has he forsaken me why has he let me down in this way it was a really difficult time because a lot of things I believed in um or thought I believed in were now being pulled apart so it was really difficult to sit in that place and go through it because you made a comment after you'd been told about the unexplained infertility in a manner which I've heard time and time again not done in any way sympathetically you say with no one to talk to, I held my husband's hand and took one painful test after another. So as you tried to investigate things a bit more, you didn't reach out. That you, you, The church community you left behind, you didn't share any of that kind of emotion with anybody? No, I didn't. It was hard because you get you isolate yourself from it all. You know, it's mm. just what you and your husband are going through. And I felt like if I told people then they will const I'd have to answer for it. So, you know, what's happening, what you're going to do, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And I, I could just about cope with what we were going through on our own. I couldn't, I just couldn't let anyone else into that. And the disappointment month after month, knowing that you're not pregnant was enough for me on my own. I didn't want to have people asking me questions and wondering what's happening and, you know, poking into our personal life. It wasn't conscious. It was very a very unconscious thing to do but you just do it you just think well it's just me and you it'll be okay and, we, and we'll do this together and we won't tell anyone else because we don't want people to question what's going on and you don't want the pity I mean I know from our experience and from all the different people that I speak to is you don't want to be the topic of conversation do you yeah that is very true that is true and the sad look oh well it will happen keep keep hoping keep the faith <laughs> well and you you say you say so beautifully, dealing with questions from unfamiliar faces as to why you didn't adopt or try IVF. It's hard enough from people that do know you, never mind from people that are just saying it as a thing that people say. Mm. So it was 2014 when you found Gateway? Yes, in December 2014, I found Gateway. I was very fortunate because I have a mutual friend with JD. So she instantly recognised what I was going through because she had been through it. And she was, you know, I had moments where I couldn't be on the train anymore because I wanted to burst out crying. I couldn't watch young families, couldn't be around my friends with their young kids. I just wanted to cry all the time. And she just went, you're grieving. And I went, how can I be? I haven't lost anything. And she explained to me what, the, what was happening. And I found it hard to accept, but she then said, you've got to talk to Jodie. She's doing wonderful work in the community, in the Gateway community. And that's how I was then introduced to Gateway Women. And it was a lifesaver. Because one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to Yvonne was about her book, which is an amazing insight into this grief, into how much of an impact this realisation that it has a name this thing that you're feeling and then there is a kind of process that you can try to go through and Yvonne speaks to a number of women who share their stories which we'll talk about that realization then 
I mean, when you actually allow yourself to accept that you are completely entitled to grieve for the loss of your unborn child, was that a weight lifted from this, what I, I get from the book is darkness? Yeah, it absolutely was. I think one of the things that I myself experienced, and I think all the women in my support room would probably echo exactly the same thing, is that we felt like we were crazy. We were going crazy because you have all these thoughts and if you were to tell somebody, they would probably go, you're being crazy or that's horrible or you shouldn't feel like that because it does get diminished and therefore we get silent. So it's very difficult to talk about it. But what I found when I was in Gateway and I did the Plan B Mentorship Programme, so I was around this incredible group of women, is that it normalised what we were feeling. And all of a sudden, all these, cr these crazy thoughts that I thought I had and all these perceptions and, and all the baggage I was carrying around that suddenly became okay to have it because actually it was normal to feel that way and it was okay to feel that way and we were allowed to feel that way and we were allowed to sit in that room and talk about it without being made to feel bad and that was amazing it truly was amazing to be able to do that. Before this point of you sitting and talking and finding that kind of common ground there's that decision that you're stopping trying that you have to go through yeah yes and, and that Which... is something that I, I've not really explored enough on this podcast and and I think it's so vital because people I know that people are at all different stages who listen to this and that stopping that decision to stop and to say we got to have our plan b which I know you'll talk more about that in itself must have been massive it's huge it really is huge and you can't underestimate that I mean I've gone through a lot of issues with how people have treated me because of making that decision now for me at the time so when I was told I had unexplained infertility I just knew something in me said you're never going to be a mum and, and that broke me and because I was so sad which surprised me given that I was so ambivalent about it and you know we entered I entered my marriage and, and the whole process of trying for a baby with this very blasé, oh, let's see what happens attitude. And it's mm. okay if it doesn't. I don't want to hit menopause and not have tried. And, you know, it was literally that. So to sit there and be told you've got unexplained infertility, but you can keep trying. If you go to IVF, you'll have a 4% chance of conceiving because of your age. And I was 43 going on 44 at the time and but you will also have to pay because you can't get it free on the nhs and it is expensive so i sat there and all i could think of was this bloody sucks <laughs> and i hated how i felt and i and because i was propelled into this world of grief that i didn't understand i knew that i couldn't make any other decisions until i understood what that meant for me so i needed to go and work through the grief i didn't think i'm going to work through it and then try and adopt or try and have IVF I just knew at that time I just wanted to understand exactly what I was feeling and what it meant for me and until I could understand that that was when I could make peace with the fact that I didn't want to do anything else because it's all consuming it's everywhere I mean we're talking in August it's the school holidays families are everywhere I picked up a magazine before with a cute little kid on the front you can't escape it and I you know I'm a I'm I'm a mum and it's still everywhere in, you know I, so I can't even imagine what it feels like to 
when you've just had to get to that point, I mean, you're obviously further along now in, you know, how you deal with, with stuff. Mm. The book, there's this explanation of, of the bees and this plan B process that's part of this gateway for women mentor scheme. And we will put all the details of Jodie Day and her gateway organization. You wrote the letter to Regina. Mm. I was like choked up because you talk about what you would have hoped would happen with her and these different steps that you've taken. I mean, obviously the outcome is, is powerful and rewarding, but really hard emotionally at the time. Oh, it was, it was, oh, I'm actually choking up just remembering those, those emotions. I've got goosebumps. (laughs) So part of the mentorship program, Jodie had us do a workshop, an exercise where we wrote letters to our unborn children. And we then went across to Regent's Park because we did it in London. We went across to Regent's Park and we read them out loud and we then burnt them as part of the ceremony. And it was such a beautiful moment because it was that opportunity to actually think about the children we wanted to have and to honour that memory and to honour that love. Because again, people would dismiss that. No, I'm sure there's enough people there would say, that sounds really crazy. You never, you know, you never had a child to be upset that you've lost one. But we all had images of what our children would have looked like we had names we had hopes and dreams we had that and we lost it in in such a quick moment that it was it was great to be able to honor that memory and and give it life because I was thinking before we were speaking about how I feel as um, a a mum of a of a three-year-old and we're in essence probably going to stick with our family unit as it is we've been working through how that feels because we've got some frozen embryos but the the reality is we've been really real about where we're at and um want to buy a house and financially you know we're not in a position to have treatment all this kind of stuff and um i had a um little whatsapp from my best friend who has a little girl um she she had twins after three failed IVF cycles and then they fell pregnant naturally with the third having told in the, from the outset that they would have any children and I'd sent her my um I sent her little girl when she was uh, I think one a dress that my mum had found that I'd had when I was three and I just said to her I'd love you to have this because you know it's not something that I'm probably ever going to be able to use and she sent me a picture today her daughter turned three yesterday and and all of a sudden has decided that she wants to wear this dress and it was you know a really special thing and I shared it with my mum and I was just thinking about that when before I was talking to you and that I had a a name for a girl you know if we had and how I actually feel really like touched that my friend's little girl is going to wear this dress because it would have been something that I would have held on to and whilst I'm in a again a different situation to you I I can feel a, a I feel like I can feel an iota of what you have been dealing with is what my point of sharing that with you and it's something that stays with me really prominently even though I've been fortunate enough to to become a parent so I I think to, to manage and to deal with all of this stuff with the support that you now have must be amazing because to not have it and to try and do it alone is and and, and and your book highlights how unbearable it is there's still women it's really raw from the way that they write about how they feel how isolated they feel and there's a lot of self-loathing isn't there there is because we're blaming ourselves 
for a whole heap of stuff. You know, we, we failed to get pregnant with our partners. We we failed, or some people did get pregnant and miscarried. So, you know, we failed to hold on to the babies. We failed to create that family. We failed to give our parents, grandchildren. We failed to give our siblings nieces and nephews you know we 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 are then having horrible thoughts around it there's so much to this and, and then we don't have a place in society anymore because where do we belong mm. and that's one of the things i felt strongly with my own family i have two brothers both of children i'm a middle child and i just and here and my dad's very big on family and the stories he would sit there telling stories of his grandchildren and the joy on his face and the silly things like his niece his um granddaughter would do i i just couldn't stop crying he would tell me this story and i would just burst out crying because i knew he would never have those stories of my children he would never have those memories and he would never have that joy and so those relationships with your parents, you've worked through them, have, have they got an understanding of how you feel? Have you been able to be open with them about it all now? Yes, I have. And that's because I have done a lot of grief work. And mm. without the support of Gateway Women, I don't think I would have been able to do it because it's very hard to articulate those emotions and those feelings. So, and also, you know, they, I don't know if I could say they fully understand but what it helped me going through my grief in process and being able to do my grief work helped me to be able to, I suppose, compassionately talk to them because I could have just said, you know, oh, you don't understand, you don't get it, leave me alone. But I was able to kind of take on board their, I suppose, ignorance. I don't really want to use that word, but their ignorance around it and help to show them how things weren't helpful or what I was feeling. Yeah. I think in some small way there's little bits that they do understand because I'm able to tell them well this is how I feel about it and this is what it means for me but as I said I don't know if they will ever get it to its full extent but that's okay because actually I can manage it a lot better for myself now. Because what is amazing and I've had conversations with people about different support that they have had and what is the 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 biggest message to you if you're listening thinking about getting support and not sure about opening up and everything is the coping mechanisms that that you will receive and it's so obvious to hear that from you and to hear the comments from the women that you've you've shared their stories in your book one lady sam wrote I typed help I'm childless into a search engine and up popped gateway women. And she goes on to say, after nearly 15 years of mentally attacking myself, these feelings of inadequacy and constant self-berating have to stop. We talked about the self-loathing just before. It was such a relief to hear that, I mean, I know that this is an amazing organisation that, that Jodie has created, but it, it, it was really amazing and I'm sure incredibly rewarding for you to write these stories down of, of women saying... Thank goodness, you know, I made myself reach out and I got this support and I'm moving through this or I've moved through. I mean, I'm sure it's a constant process because of all the different stages that we go through in life and our peers go through. I just want to talk a bit about the book and, and how you've shared it, because what Yvonne has done is there's a number of short stories and there's a image at the beginning of the introduction of each lady who shared a story. Did the ladies that you got to share their stories pick an image? Was there a brief for the image? Was it just a memory? It was, there was a combination of things. So it was a mostly centered around a memory. 
and um, something they had treasured. So I remember one lady had a toy that she kept in her attic. So that was the toy she played with as a child and wanted to That's the one I was going to mention. I had that toy, that tree house. Did you? (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, things like that. Like I just mentioned to you before about a dress that I'd passed on. We do hold on to these things. And that type of thing must be just, it's such another, it's another wrench, isn't it? It is, it is. And I remember, because I took the pictures for the for the book, and I remember going to her house and she took me up to the attic, pulled it out and then left me. She couldn't sit there with me while I was taking the pictures because it, it just brought back so many painful memories. And then you get the other side of it where where people are reminiscing about it. And there is sadness, but also there's a bit of joy that they're able to sit there and hold that memory without completely breaking down because they're going to be a part of something special. You know, one of the things that I really wanted to do is what I noticed when I was going through the Plan B Mentorship Programme is that we weren't being listened to and we weren't being heard and I really wanted us to have our voice back. And this was our opportunity to be heard and to, in some ways, be understood. And that's what I really wanted to capture in the book. So. The women that came on board really, really wanted to tell their stories and they were so proud to be able to share those memories and share their experiences. It, 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 I just, you know, I lost some words really because it was such a powerful well, process that we went through. It's a small book, it's a short book, but it is so powerful, as you've just said. It's, it, it really had an impact on me because we met, you gave me the book and... I, I'm talking about fertility stuff a lot with the podcast and I'm adamant about education with with how I want it to kind of continue to develop because when I get to understand more about the impact of childlessness not by choice and, and that so many of us didn't really understand our fertility and if we'd only known this and that then it could have all been... I mean, we don't know, you know, frustrates me so much and understanding the impact of living a life childless as as one of your ladies Genevieve says a much ignored and misunderstood condition it it's so true and and that feeling of being an outcast when as I said before about your peers um I think it was Vivian one of your other ladies talking about not being invited to mum's nights out from the school just makes me feel so alienated and I hate being the social outcast and why do people think if you don't have kids there won't be anything to talk about it it does seem that society has a real issue with its understanding of what's actually going on with not just women because obviously if you're in a couple it's it's affecting both sides and I actually have spoken and I'll share this episode as well with um Robin Hadley who talks about as a man being being childless and and all the implications with that I want to talk a bit about um you talked about your kind of work within Gateway being this facilitator of the Gateway Women of Colour Reignite Weekend and the impact on different cultures. And one of your um, ladies talked about how they were an Asian childless couple, what a taboo. And, and there's a lot of different stigma and taboo associated with different communities. And, and I mean, you touched on that. Is that something that you've understood more and worked more on in the work that you're doing? Yeah, so when I did my first Reignite weekend in April, it was really interesting, actually, to hear what these women had to say in their experiences around childlessness. Now, I had previously written a blog about my own experience around it, and one of the things that really became prominent for me is how much 
we as black women don't talk or share our inner hurts or our inner shame whatever you want to label it as because we were brought up i mean i'm first generation british so you know my parents came over in the windrush era they had a lot of racism and a lot of things that they had they couldn't do and different ways they did things and the way they just hid and stuck together and didn't want to share things with the white counterparts because we don't want to be seen as anything less than what we are and all sorts of things were playing out in that so those are the messages i certainly got growing up as a child you know don't bring shame on the family speak about your problems outside of the house and so on so you grow up with those messages you get to a place where it's very very hard to talk and religion just play does play a, a very big part in this because i remember talking to a couple of older women that i knew that ha were childless and i went back and i said you know i'm having a very difficult time with this it it really hurts how did you get through it and they both said to me do you know what i put it in god's hand god knows what he's doing god knows best and it really hurt it really hurt to say that and it and reflecting back on it when i was starting to train for the reignite weekends i realized how much of our culture impacts on how we relay our stories how we tell our stories how we how we even talk in the first place and if you don't think something's wrong and if you think actually i'm just going to give it to god then i'm not going to talk about it because me talking about it means i don't have the faith in the first place and and therefore it's not going to happen and by not talking about it you're not dealing with it you've just boxed it away and you've just put it yeah you you yeah. have you have but see people wouldn't see it like that because they have that much faith in in their eyes i've given it to god so god will deal with it and and i've seen that happen not just about childlessness about anything anything where it comes to you having to go and actively do something whether it's go and find the support go and get counseling go and you know do something on this side because you need to get help but once i think once religion plays a part in it and if somebody's that ingrained in their religion in their faith then no they're not going to talk about it because they truly believe that god will fix it and what's your relationship like now with your faith i have a different relationship with my faith than i did when i when i was in that charismatic movement and again mm. there was a, there was reasons why i left again that had nothing to do with childlessness and i went on a, a, a more of a spiritual journey so for me i don't the, the traditional way that god has been taught to me is not what i believe god to be you know mm. i still have i i think i have a, a fantastic relation with god and it's more spiritual than what religion has taught me and that has helped me too because i found it very difficult to sit there and say think well why have they got it and why didn't god think i deserved it because when you look at things you can see that hang on i'm no better than them or they're no better than me or hang on i wouldn't have done that and what blah, blah. how can you measure faith anyway <laughs> i don't know how can you measure how much faith someone has to mm. then say yeah, that's why they got it and that's why you didn't but i felt like i was being punished by god and it was something i couldn't cope with so i had to go away and redesign or redefine my relationship with him and what I believe that relationship was. And so where you're at now, you're doing this work with Gateway, the book must have been an emotional book, like I said before, rewarding exercise because you're giving this voice and I'll put the details of Yvonne's book in the show notes because 
this is a new when did you publish it okay. july 2017 okay and is it available for people to to buy online or is it a limited thing no you can get it from amazon yay you can get it from amazon okay well we'll put all the details we'll put a link to it it's something that i think if you're listening to this and wondering how to get your head around maybe the decision to stop trying then for somebody listening I'll ask you Yvonne for somebody listening who has possibly just come through some failed treatment and is is trying to get to that place where you can say what you're going to do next because I think to say you're going to stop it like we've said is hard enough what would your advice be? I would say to reach out I mean Gateway Women has an online community that has so much so many women from all over the world are, 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 are part of this community and there is so much support out there. There are women at different stages of their grief, but they can offer that understanding and that support and that kind word that you might need to hear at that point in time. I think sometimes the decision to stop trying feels like it's a, a, an instant thing and, and it might not be an instant thing you might need to just go through a process of working out and thinking about it and exploring other options but having that support while you do that if that's where you're at is invaluable having the support if you think actually no I'm really at the end and this really hurts is just a lifesaver so I reach out to Gateway Women we are here to help you to support you to listen and just hold you in that time and what what's the reaction been to your book from your family and your close friends it, I was amazed I mean I was so scared writing it and knowing that my story is going to be out there and these are things that I hadn't actually told anyone about. there was a lot of stuff in my story that people didn't know about let alone my parents mm. so you know I did have to sit down with them beforehand so that you know I didn't want them to hear oh your daughter's brought out a book and she said she's had an abortion <laughs> mm. and I didn't want to hear them to hear that from anyone else so I sat down with them and and talked to them about it first and it was amazing what I got back you know I knew my parents would love me they they would never turn their back on me but it was the conversation it changed the way we talked with each other it changed the way we saw each other and the things that they then shared with me about their past which they hadn't done before was just such an amazing thing as well it just brought us closer together in that way and my friends just think I'm just the bravest person they've ever met <laughs> which again you know I, I remember one particular friend of mine I I spoke at International Women's Day just before the book came out and I showed her that she couldn't make it so I shared the link with her and she's she's one of my Christian friends and I thought she's just going to reject me when she hears my story and she just heard it all she called me up and she said I would never reject you for that you are you're just a wonderful brave woman and I love you and hearing that was just the most amazing thing and it strengthened me to keep telling my story it strengthened me to to give other women permission to tell their stories and because I knew I had to tell my story in all its glory, it wouldn't have been the same if I'd left bits out. It mm. it then allowed other women to tell their stories too. And, and it, I think it's so amazing. It is. It's a really, really amazing book. You should be so proud of yourself. And that reaction from your parents compared to Joanna, which was the saddest story that I read in your book, where she talked about admitting to her mother in a letter how 
she'd kept her secret hidden and how her mother initially talked it through and like a day later didn't mention it again and it was kind of never spoken about again that sadness that has to remain because it's not then dispersed because it's been discussed it must be really really hard to then move on with and that's what's amazing about the organization that I'm assuming that Joanna can continue to to work with you guys and and to, to to deal with it well this is why gateway women is so important and this is why i say to everyone reach out because our families so there's different things going on with our families and our parents and essentially they don't want to see us get hurt so they're going to try everything they can to protect us but then also they're protecting themselves because they can't deal with the hurt that they're seeing their children are going through or their daughters are going through and some women can't relate to it so they do want to shut it down and it's not about I'm going to hurt you in the process I'm intending to hurt you in the process it's about actually I'm protecting myself and I can't deal with it so I'm going to just say this rubbish thing or do this rubbish act that then has this negative impact on the person receiving it so being a part of gateway women and certainly doing the workshops we have learned to have coping mechanisms and put mechanisms in place so that we can in a way protect ourselves it's like a suit of armor so we can protect ourselves when we're in these situations or we don't need to be in that situation because actually we've got the support over there so i won't go to the hardware store for milk as jody would say i would go to, to asda because i know there's an abundant supply over there mm. so yeah it, it's i think it's really important to be able to pull your support around you and have it and sometimes by mistake unwittingly you end up in these situations and and it sucks and and therefore you need the support to help you through it and doesn't Jodie call it a tribe yeah she does she does it is such a it is a tribe yeah it's such a good word just before i let you go obviously gateway women is is focused on women and we've talked about your husband um there's obviously men involved and i know if you're listening to this as a guy you might well be thinking hello what support is there for men unfortunately there isn't any they've been so gateway women is for women only Mm -hmm. and jd has talked about Oh, the question has been posed many times about what support there is for men and nothing has been started as yet and it would need it needs a man to actually do it yeah and men are different they don't talk in the same way that women do so you know i can imagine them all getting around together and talking about football and cars but yeah it, it's unfortunate i think yeah. dovecote deal with couples as well as you know single people so they're a mm-hmm. good place to go to to look at support especially as a couple um robin hadley as you mentioned he's someone who does who works with aging without children he's a good person to reach out to as well and i think it's just going to be those individual things until something like gateway women takes takes off and there's a, a bigger support group for the men well, I'll put the details of Dovecote because I've spoken with Kelly before and Robin, who I've spoken to, on the show notes for this. Yvonne, it's been really lovely talking to you. Thank you for being so Thank open. Um, I kind of really dug deep there, so I do appreciate it. But you you laid it out on the line for me in your book, which I commend you for. And I really would say to you, if you're listening to this thinking, I just don't know if I'd read that book. It's not where I'm at. I, I think it's so important to understand, especially if you're on a fertility journey, which if you're listening to this podcast, you, you are, 
to understand every eventuality because I think we need to be prepared for it because ignorance isn't this, is it? No, it, it certainly isn't. It isn't. And can I add, actually, Natalie, because I've had a couple of people come back to me and said they've read the book and they know now know how to support their friends who are in this situation. Mm. So it is also for people who know somebody who's there because it gives them a better understanding of what we are going through. I was thinking that about some of my friends as well. I just feel things that you might not even think about that you might do. What I mean by that because nobody wants to be treated differently but I suppose just having that understanding with all of this stuff it's so much more like don't not talk to me about your children is is must be a, a frustrating thing you don't need to be protected from people talking about their that's children, right you? no that's absolutely true because it does ha- there's a many things around that so not those yeah. scenarios that happen but yeah you don't want to be isolated and, and left behind we want we still want to be a part of our friends lives we just want you to know that it can be hard sometimes and sometimes we need a little bit more care and compassion around it and be allowed to say no because there are times you know I've been invited my friends invited me to my goddaughter's birthday and her provisor was it's okay if you feel like it's too much you can come and spend time with her another time you know and not everyone allows that and I think that's Mm. such a beautiful thing that actually she's acknowledged knowing what I'm going through that this might be hard for me and allowing me the choice but she to come to or you. do it another time exactly and some people won't get the invite yeah because you know i didn't think you'd want to come yeah exactly yeah. don't second guess all right yvonne thank you and i'll put all your details on the show notes and best of luck with the book and all the work you're doing with gateway and thank you for your time thank you natalie if you're looking for a supplement to take whilst trying to conceive Pregnant Care Conception and Wellman Conception provide advanced nutritional support. They include zinc, vitamin D and the exact levels of folic acid recommended for women by the UK Department of Health. Pregnant Care is expert nutritional care while trying for a baby. And to find out more, visit thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash shop. Now, I know how daunting it is finding out information about fertility issues. So I wanted to tell you about The Fertility Show. It's on the 3rd and 4th of November at Olympia in London and is open to anyone struggling with fertility issues or wanting to start a family. You can meet experts face-to-face, attend the brilliant seminars by leading fertility specialists and get your questions answered at the Let's Talk Fertility stage. Visit thefertilityshow.co.uk for more information. OvoBank, the first egg bank in Europe, based in FIV Marbella has just launched OvoMatch. It's an app that uses facial recognition technology to search its database for the donor that most resembles you. Simply enter your physical characteristics and take a selfie and you will be matched in real time to a potential donor. To find out more, visit ovobank.com. So the show notes for this episode are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash Yvonne. I'm not going to talk for long because of this quality not being... Uh, the best that I would like it to be because it's my phone hopefully I will sound normal next time you hear from me thank you for your support as always and until the next time 